What an incredible blessing that was into our lives. And I pray that when you're listening to that worship, you actually join in. And maybe if you haven't so far in online church experience, I encourage you in the weeks that are to come to really join in with the worship that's taking place. Hey, it's an honor to be able to share the word of God with you this morning. And uh, just as you're watching this this morning, if you're watching on uh, social media, maybe watching for our Facebook page, why not just quickly share this? Because I believe that I've got a word on my heart that could impact many lives. And so just take an opportunity just to share that and who knows who may come across it. As I said earlier, I don't know um, where you're at right now as you're watching this. Maybe uh, this morning you are sat on the sofa in your living room listening. Maybe you've got kids running around. It's a little bit crazy in your house. Maybe you're out for a jog. I don't know. Maybe uh, you're peeling the potatoes ready for a roast dinner later on. Maybe you're on your way to work and you're listening to this later on in the week. But no matter where you're at right now, no matter what your situation as you listen to me this morning, I want to encourage you to sit up and lean in because I believe that I've got a word on my heart that could do something in your world today. I believe that the word of God this morning can be like a vaccine into your life, not a Pfizer vaccine that's going to give you antibodies to some disease, but the word of God can be a faith vaccine into your life that can prevent you from living a life lower than you ought. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to read some verses from Hebrews chapter 10 in just a moment. And then we're going to just share the theme of our thought this morning. Then I'm going to look at how this practically outworks in our life, uh, not just today, but in the future that God has for us. So Hebrews chapter 10, just turn your Bibles there this morning, Hebrews chapter 10. And the context of what we're about to read is this, that the writer of Hebrews writing to some Hebrew believers who are tired, who are weary. They're in a situation where many of their friends and family members have been imprisoned for the gospel message. Some of them are even being killed. And so some of these Hebrew believers are starting to ask the question, is living for Jesus really worth it? And so into that context, we read this, verse 32. It says, remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew you, that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence, for it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And my righteous one will live by faith and I will take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. Now listen to this statement because it forms the, the core of what we want to communicate to you this morning. This next verse is this. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed but to those who have faith and are saved. The title of what I want to communicate to you this morning is simply this. Don't shrink back. I want to speak that into your life this morning. Don't shrink back. Now, in 1989, uh, one of my favorite films at the time uh, came out. And you probably uh, have seen this at one time or another. Remember in 1989... I remember watching this and the cinematography seemed amazing. It seemed like I had never seen anything like this uh, before. And uh, I watched the trailer for it this week on YouTube and realized actually it wasn't all that great. But at the time, it seemed 
amazing. It was called a, a film called Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And some of you may remember this film. If you remember this film, put a, put a thumbs up in the Facebook stream this morning to show me that you remember that film uh, that we remember from 1989. And as I said at the time, it seemed amazing, not so good now. But the plot line of that film was this. And this is a spoiler alert, but you've had 31 years to watch it. So if you haven't yet watched it, then I think I'm free to share uh, the storyline. And it was simply this, that there was this crazy inventor called Wayne Zielinski and he had this plan that he was going to create a machine that would shrink everyday items. And in classic Disney form or whatever, uh, I think it was Disney, they accidentally ended up shrinking his own kids and the neighbor's kids instead of what he was trying to shrink. And they end up in the garden as he accidentally throws them out. And the whole film is essentially about them trying to get back in the house and him trying to find them. But here's what I want to pull out from that film. That all of a sudden, because those kids have been shrunk down, Things that before were so ordinary, things that before were so everyday, now seemed enormous, now seemed huge. You see moments in the film where, you know, garden sprinklers now create typhoons. You have moments where ants that they would have just trod on before without even realising it were these huge, enormous creatures that they were frightened of. Suddenly, everything that was normal before now seemed huge. Now, you maybe have never watched that film. You don't know what on earth I'm going on about. But chances are that if you've been around church for any amount of time, you know the account of Numbers chapter 13. That Numbers chapter 13, there's a moment where the Israelites are on the edge of inheriting the land that God has promised to them. They're in this place called the Wilderness of Paran. And God comes to Moses and says, before you take hold of a promised land, here's what I want you to do. I want you to send in some spies to check out the land that I have given to you. And so Moses collects 12 people together, one representing each of the tribes of Israel, and he sends them into the promised land. And for 40 days, they spy out the land and they're taking notes on different things, how to get in there the best route, the kind of land that it is, the kind of people that inhabit the land. And they're making notes of all of those things. And then they come back. And in verse 31, we read, their report. Now in verse 30, Caleb and Joshua come back and Caleb says, we can surely do this. Let's take the land. But many of you know what the 10 other spies came back with. Let's read that together. Verse 31 of Numbers chapter 13. Here's this moment. Caleb's brought a positive report, but listen to what the other men say. It says, the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report among, about the land among the Israelites. The land that we travelled through and explored will devour anyone who lives there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. What's going on in this moment? I'll tell you what's going on. The ten spies had shrunk back. They'd shrunk back in their vision. They'd shrunk back in their faith. Their speech was now negative and dramatic and their lives had shrunk back to such a degree that instead of seeing God's promise, God's provision, God's goodness, God's faithfulness, all they saw was all of a sudden obstacles and problems before them. Now you may ask, what on earth has Honey I Shrunk the Kids and Numbers 13 got to do with me today, sat in my living room, peeling my potatoes, whatever you might be doing right now. Here's where I believe that those two things linked to something that I want to communicate to you today. But as I've been speaking to people recently about the year that's just gone and what's ahead 
for each and every single one of us. It feels like a number of people that I'm speaking to on a daily basis as a friend, as a pastor. I'm speaking with people and it feels like many people have felt their life shrink back this year. The 2020 has been a year where ordinary things of before now seems like they're facing mountains. You hear it in their speech. You hear it in their expectations for their tomorrows. They feel like grasshoppers facing giants of huge proportions. They're discouraged. They are weary. And so today I come with a simple encouragement and a simple challenge to each and every single one of us. Don't shrink back. Now is not the time to shrink back. And today I believe that through the living word of God and by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, who isn't limited, by the way, by the fact that we're not all in the same room, he can still minister into your life today. I believe that by the word and by God's spirit, that you can make the choice this morning to reverse the shrinking that's going on and remain committed to living a big life for God. Now, please know that when I communicate that this morning, I'm not denying anything. Because faith doesn't deny. And 2020, for many people I know, as I've spoken to them, has been a painful year. In one way or another, it's been a difficult year. Maybe for you, you say, oh, actually, it's been easier. I've, I've found it fairly okay. Things have carried on pretty much as normal. But for many people that I speak to, it's been a year where they are tired, where they are weary, where they are discouraged, where things have gone on that suddenly have felt like mountains that they were facing. For Kirsty and I, We've, in this year, 2020, have faced our own challenges, our own uh, moments of pain and discouragement. And yet here's what I want you to know as I speak about not feeling in a place where I'm denying reality. I know what life has been like. Faith doesn't deny reality. But let me also say this, that faith doesn't shrink back. And so my message this morning is very simple with practical application. Don't shrink back. It's time to do three things, I believe, and I want to look at these things together. To believe big, to speak big, and to live big. But as we come to the end of this year, I believe it's time to, number one, believe big. You know, one of the sad things about 2020 is this, that many people who came into this year with huge vision for their life are leaving this year merely existing. But they maybe stepped into 2020 and like us as a church, they had the vision. We're going to live with 2020 vision. I'm going to live for everything that God has in store for me. And yet as the months has rolled on, they exit or they're about to exit 2020, feeling a bit like blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10, where they're sitting by the roadside of life, watching the days go past. Days are going past and yet they're not living with any sense of purpose. They're merely existing. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you say, I I wish things were even that good, but they're not that good. That you feel like life has kicked the stuffing out of you to such a degree that you're in a place where the words of Proverbs 29 verse 1 are ringing true in your life. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Maybe you feel like you're not even really existing, you're perishing. That all the dreams And all the promises and all the the things that you saw happening over your family and over your career and over your finances and over us as a church, you feel like they've taken a backward step. You feel like you've missed your chance, like you're perishing. Or maybe you're thinking, I'm just going to wait until Easter and then. 
because we've been told that come the spring, things will be okay. So I'll just wait until Easter and then I'll start living my life again. And maybe without realizing it, just as economic forecasts around the world have been downgraded right now, you have downgraded your expectations for life and for what God can do in and through your life. Maybe you've even shrunk your faith down to a point where you're doubting God. And you're in a place where you're saying in amongst all of 2020, God, where are you in all of this that's going on right now? Where are you in my pain, in my difficulties? And so maybe you've even got to a place where you've shrunk back so much that you're doubting God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's provision, maybe even God's existence. And I want to challenge you today. Don't shrink back. I believe it's time to believe big. I believe it's time to live displaying big faith. Now that's not hype. That's not just words. That's not denying reality. It's saying God is still who God has always been. Let me tell you today, 2020 has not changed God. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. He is faithful. He is pure. He is true. He is loving. He is merciful. He is not limited by anything. Can I just put it on record today that COVID has not stopped God? COVID has not prevented his plans. COVID has not limited him. God's presence has not been subject to social isolation rules. God is still on the throne. The psalmist says, where can I go to flee from his presence? God is with you today. God is for you today. God has a purpose for your life today. Not waiting one day for the spring. Come on, it's time to not shrink back, but to believe big over your life. Ephesians 3.20, one of my favorite scriptures, it was spoken over our lives on our wedding day in the Amplified. Let me read this to you. And as I read these words, think about the fact that this is the God that you worship. This is a God that you serve. Now to him, our God, who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than we all dare to ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, our greatest hopes, our greatest dreams. That's the God that we serve. And 2020, let me tell you, has not changed him. Now, here's some good news. Can you just allow me to share some good news headlines with you today? Because you've been bombarded with negative headlines for the whole of 2020. Let me give you some good news reports this morning. None of God's plans have been cancelled. Maybe Pretty much everything that's happened in your life this year that you had scheduled. I remember coming into the spring and we had this planned and this plan and this plan and everything seemed to be cancelled. Listen, God's plans over your life has not been cancelled. Heaven has not gone into administration or liquidation. Maybe you look around and natural businesses are going bust. Heaven has not gone bankrupt. God's provision of joy and love and peace and security are still available for your life. God's promises have not been refunded or postponed to a later date. They still stand. See, when God declares, I know the plans I have for you, God's not in heaven going, I know the plans I have for you, but wow, 2020 caught me by surprise. I didn't see that coming. We're going to have to sit down with the angelic beings and look at how we're going to... No, no, no. That's not what God's doing. God's not 
in heaven trying to work out how he's going to navigate around 2020. When Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He wasn't saying, I will build my church, but actually, you know, we're going to have to pick up some momentum after 2020. 2020 has really set us back. No, he declared, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God's promises still stand. When you receive that promise, when he birthed that that dream in your spirit, when that prophecy was given over your life, God knew that 2020 was coming. God knew that 2020 was going to be in the mix. Don't shrink back. So let's talk practically for a moment. How do we practically make the choice not to shrink back but to keep believing big. Here's a a couple of practical points. Think about what you're thinking about. Now that may seem like some kind of strange riddle, but think about what you're thinking about. See, often we end up in a negative spiral. Often we end up shrinking back because we just let our thoughts run wild. We don't take hold of them. They just play out over and over again. And this is important because this feeling of a shrinking life for some of you is coming because your thoughts are running all over the place. Anxieties, fears, negativities are bombarding your life. And when you let those things keep playing over and over again, they will affect your life. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says, For as a man thinks, so is he. So what do we do instead of letting these thoughts just play over and over We do what the classical biblical teaching tells us to do. We take every thought captive. Classic Bible verse, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. We demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to God. So when we're thinking what we're thinking about and we're being conscious about it rather than just letting our thoughts run wild, When there's a thought that comes into our mind and continuously plays out that we know is not of God, that we know is lower than what God has for us in this life, what do we do? We take it captive. We have the authority to say stop to the thoughts that are playing over and over again in our minds. And we take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Can I be honest with you? As a pastor this year, I've had to do this in my life. Because sometimes you think, oh, well, pastors, they just float on clouds and there's nothing going on in their world. I've had times when, because of stuff we've journeyed through, there's been a bombardment on my mind, but I've had to take the decision. I'm not shrinking back here. I'm going to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. I'm going to think things that glorify God. What am I doing? What can you do in that moment? We're renewing the mind. Now, that isn't Christianese because... The reality is there's a, there's a physical reality to that biblical truth and revelation that science has proved it. That you can create new pathways in your brain. But when you make the choice, I'm going to say stop to that. You cut off that pathway and your brain creates new pathways. Listen, I want the pathways of my brain to be filled with God thoughts. How about you? Filled with the word of God. Filled with his truth. So we take every thought captive. Here's another practical outworking of this. Get some prophecies out and some promises up. Let me explain what I mean by that. But maybe you've got prophecies that were spoken over your life that are written somewhere 
in books or in journals. Maybe you used to write a journal with God and you've got dreams that were way back in the past, two, five, ten years ago. But you know God spoke them over your life. I want to encourage you, get those prophecies out, get those words out and and begin to read them again and begin to declare them over your life. Begin to pray into those prophecies because 2020 has not changed those prophecies. What about the word of God? I want to encourage you, get the promises of God up where you can see it. This is old school teaching. Get the word of God on your fridge, on your your mirror. Get it on your phone that when you look at your phone before you reply to a text, you see God's promise over your life. Get the word of God into you. You may say, well, this is a bit basic. My question is, are you doing the basic things? Because our life is a sum total of what we choose to do on a regular basis. And if you're feeling right now like your life is shrinking back and everything else seems so huge, maybe it's time to put some of these basic principles back into play in our life. It's time to believe big. Number two, I believe it's time to speak big. For some of you, this shrinking that's going on in your life is being shown in your speech. It was with the Israelites, wasn't it? What was it? They said, we can't do this. We're like grasshoppers. That was their declaration. Those were their words. I want to ask you a question. What's coming out of your mouth on a consistent basis? Are we constantly complaining? Oh, we can't do this now. We're back into this stage of lockdown. Oh, uh, I'm on furlough again. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, my kids are like this. Uh, are we constantly complaining? Oh, I feel overworked. I feel underused. All, all these things coming out of our mouth. Are we constantly criticizing? Oh, they don't know what they're doing. Oh, they don't know how to lead. They don't know. Oh, my wife keeps doing this. My husband. Are we constantly complaining? Is that what's coming out of our mouth? Are we constantly limiting what God can do? Oh, I used to believe God can do this, but after what I've seen in 2020, I'm not sure that he still works the same way. Listen, for the spies in Numbers 13, their declaration caused them to miss out on God's destination. I don't want that to be my testimony. I don't want that to be your testimony either. So here's some practical tips on this. Watch your mouth. Now, I know that's often said in a a threatening way, maybe in a bar. Watch your mouth. I'm saying it as a, a thing of encouragement this morning. Watch your mouth. Listen to what's coming out of your mouth on a regular basis. Because maybe it's time to change our shrinking speech with instead putting the declaration of God in our mouth. Your praise will ever be on my lips. How do we do this again? The word of God becomes central to this. But we speak out the word of God. I want to encourage you to do something that at first may seem silly tomorrow morning, but I want to challenge you. Here's your online church homework today. But I want to encourage you tomorrow morning to speak out some promises of God, to speak out in your own words, maybe following scripture, but speak out the word of God. You say, well, can't I just think them? It might seem a bit silly speaking them out. Can't I just think them? No, you can do, but there's power when we speak the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. When we speak out practically and physically speak out the word of God, Our ears hear us declaring this truth and our spirit suddenly rises up in faith. So tomorrow morning, before you get in the shower or maybe when you're sat with your coffee and you're just thinking about the day ahead, begin to declare some of God's promises over your life. Instead of saying, it's Monday morning, 
This is what I've got to do today. This is what my day. Begin to say, it's Monday morning. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me today, just like they do every single day of my life, because God has promised he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I'm blessed today. I'm set apart today. I'm holy today. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have the mind of Christ today. I am forgiven. I am set free. God has promised me that he's forgiven every single one of my sins. He has promised that he will heal every single one of my diseases. He has lifted me from the pit and set my feet upon a rock. He satisfies my desires with good things. So today I will run and not grow weary. I will walk and not faint. Today he is strengthening me in my inner man. And as you begin to declare all these things, do you know what will happen? Faith will begin to rise within you as you declare the word of God over your day. Oh, oh, you say to me, are you one of those name it, claim it preachers no I just believe what the Bible says but in James uh, chapter 3 verse 5 listen to this the passion translation it says the tongue is a small part of a body yet it carries great power so either that's true or it's not I dare to believe the word of God is true so my tongue carries great power the message paraphrase puts it this way a word of out of your mouth may seem of no account but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Proverbs 18, 21, we know, says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's not time to shrink back. It's time to prophesy over your family. It's time to prophesy over your career. It's time to prophesy over our church. It's time to speak to dry bones. It's time to call things that aren't yet as though they were. Let's speak the word of God. Here's another practical tip. Let trusted people challenge you. Speak to somebody and say, do you know what? If you hear me speaking in such a way that I'm shrinking my life, I'm shrinking God's goodness, I'm shrinking the promises of God over my life, can you just say to me, come on, remember what we said, we're going to speak God's word and I'll do the same for you. Now, you obviously want to choose somebody who's got a bit of empathy because you don't want to choose the wrong person that when they ask you how your day's gone and you say, "Ah, it was a bit rough, you know, they, they launched in this, to this tirade, you know, get behind me, Satan, get that negative speech out of your mouth. We want somebody with a bit of empathy, but somebody who's going to be real and honest enough to you to say, yeah, I know it's tough right now, but God, yeah, I know it's painful right now, but God, remember what we said, we're going to speak God's word over this. When you have somebody who challenges you in that way, it's going to help you not to shrink back, but to speak big over your life. Let's not shrink back, but let's speak big. And finally, number three, I believe that it's time to live big again. Now, when I say that this morning to the unsaved mind listening to that, you may think, oh, to live big means to live full steam ahead for everything that I can be and and, and I want to be known and I want to make something of myself and I'm going to do everything I can to get that promotion and to get the fast car and to get the big house and, and to go on those expensive holidays. And listen, none of those things are wrong in and of themselves. But when I'm talking about living big, I'm actually talking about living Christ-like, living more like Jesus, living the life that God has called you to live, living a life beyond yourself. And I point that out because, do you know what? One of the things that saddens me about this past year, one of the things that I've seen is that a sad outcome of 2020 and all that's gone with it is that I've seen people shrink their lives 
to just be about them. That as social circles have had to come smaller because of legislation, sadly, mindsets have shrunk smaller as well, where people have made their life just to be about them. Now, I know that that's a generalization because there's so much good going on in the world right now and so much that God is using the church to do. I just think of family church in, in our locations where we're reaching out to our community and we're feeding the hungry and we're being a blessing to families and, and just loving on people. So that, don't get me wrong, there is so much good that is going on. But I see a flip side to it. That there's also people who have shrunk back and made their life all about them. And you know what happens when we do that? Selfishness abounds. Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote in Galatians chapter 5 about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And he talked also about the acts of the flesh. And listen to this. He said that when we live according to the flesh, it breeds things like hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and so on and so on. Philippians chapter 2 verse 21 describes the outcomes of a shrinking life. In the Passion Translation, it says this, For it seems as though everyone else is busy seeking what is best for themselves instead of the things that are most important to Jesus. That's a good challenge. But as followers of Jesus, we're called not just to live for ourselves, we're called to live for the benefit of others. As followers of Jesus, we're called not to ask the question, what's going to be best for me, but what does Jesus most desire so listen to these instructions from the new testament philippians 2 verse 4 do not merely look out for your own interests but also the interests of others the passion translation says abandon every form of selfishness 1 corinthians 10 verse 24 says let no one seek only his own good but also that of the other person come on don't shrink back Let's not make life just about us. Listen to this final verse, Proverbs eleven twenty four, from a message paraphrase. It says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Doesn't that just so speak of what we're speaking about today? That when you live for yourself, if your world is small, it's because you've chosen to shrink back. But when you start living for the benefit of others, when you start living with a generous spirit, do you know what? Suddenly your world will enlarge. Suddenly you'll begin to reverse the shrinking that may have been going on in your life. Your world gets larger and more expansive than ever before. And I say all this because I believe that this has an effect on the way that we do church and the way that we view church as well. Let me just... Give you a bit of a challenge for a moment. I believe that 2020 has been a great year of innovation for the church. I've loved it. But, you know, as we stepped into March and we thought we were going to be doing online church for like two weeks. I remember being in meetings and us going, OK, so maybe for the next two to four weeks, we'll do it this and we'll think about ways to work around. But we've been here for the year of 2020. I love the way that the church has not you know, just taking a step back, but has actually stepped up all across the UK, all across the world, that the church has been innovating about online church and how to do small groups online and how to make sure that people are still cared for and different systems that have been set up. I love the innovation that we've seen. 
And let's be honest, I also sometimes like the fact that I've been able to watch online church sat on my sofa with my feet up with a cup of tea. Let's be honest about these things. There's been some benefits to this, but I want to speak about this just for a moment because if our lives are shrinking alongside all that's been going on, then do you know what this could maybe breed in the people of God? It could breed people who just consume rather than disciples who are consumed. You've heard that phrase many times before, spoken by many great people. But that's the truth. For when we look at all that's been going on this past year, when it comes to church, if our lives are shrinking, then we could come to a place where we just become consumers rather than consumed with God and the purpose of God and the house of God. When we shrink back, we begin to look at how God can just bless us, not just how God can use us. Listen, God isn't evil or he wants both for your life. He wants to bless you abundantly, but he also wants to use you. In order for God to use us, we need to live a life that goes beyond ourselves. So what's the practical outworking of that? Here's the first one. Look for someone to bless. I want to encourage you with a challenge today. This coming week, be a blessing to people in your world. Every single day, think of a way that you can bless other people. Maybe you can bless them financially and help them out. Maybe you're not in that position. You say, I can't do that financially. You can still look down your phone and, and scroll through your phone, pick out a few people and encourage them with the word of God. Encourage it. Just, I've been thinking of you and I want to share this verse and it can be an encouragement to other people. Maybe you can just help them out practically in different ways. Be a blessing. Choose to go against this shrinking that's going on in your life and say, no, I'm going to be generous of spirit and I'm going to see my world grow ever larger and more expansive in such a way that your life will get bigger and God will be glorified here's the second part serve God's house let's remain committed at this time to serving the house of God because when you serve God's house do you know what you do you live a life that's beyond yourself you display a faith that's beyond yourself Maybe over the past year as you've sat with your hot chocolate and your PJs in bed watching online church, I know you're out there, you've sat there and you've enjoyed it and there's nothing wrong with that. It's been a, a nice season in that sense. But maybe as your life has shrunk potentially, you've ended up in a place where you say, I've enjoyed this because this has benefited me. And again, there's nothing wrong with looking after ourselves, self-care, don't hear me wrongly this morning. But sometimes when we shrink our life and make it all about us, it's me, 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 me. It breeds selfishness. And so maybe you've ended up in a place where you say, I'm just going to be a consumer of church now. I'm not going to be consumed for the things of God anymore. And so what you've ended up doing is every email that comes from the church, you just conveniently ignore it. Every post that you see from the church where it's not a blessing, but it says, come on, we need you to be involved in something. We need you as we push forward into our future to be involved in something. You've just cheekily snuck past it and pretended you didn't see it. How do you know if I'm speaking to you and this is you today? Because you're getting irritated with me right now. You want to reach into the screen and give me a slap. That's you if I'm speaking to you this morning. But let me encourage you seriously. Come on, 
Let's not shrink back, family church. Let's roll up our sleeves. As we begin to talk about our future, as we begin to talk about regathering, repurposing, all the things that God has for us in 2021 and beyond, don't be left on the sidelines. Don't have allowed 2020 to shrunk back your experience of church, your experience of faith, your experience of God to just be about you because there's a world out there that needs the gospel message. There's a world out there who doesn't just need practical help but needs to know the spirit of God in their lives. There is a dying world out there who need the saving grace of God and God has placed his church on the earth to be the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus Christ to be the answer to a dying world in our generation. That needs us to say I'm going to stop this shrinking life. I'm going to live the expansive life that God has for me. What is it you need me to do? I'm on board because we have a great future. Come on, as we look to what's happening next, as we look to regathering, as we look for new places to plant churches, come on, let's all be on board the vision that God has for us. It's time to reverse the shrinking. Church, don't shrink back. In a moment, I'm going to pray for every single person watching today a word of expansive growth over your life. But what's been shrinking, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to reverse and begin to grow your life again. But before we do so, I just want to very quickly give an opportunity for anybody who's watching. Maybe you've stumbled across this stream. Maybe a friend shared it with you. I don't know how you've ended up watching me this morning. Maybe you're watching on catch up. But there's an opportunity right now to pray a simple prayer wherever you are in the UK or around the world. That the Bible says when we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that we can be saved. Listen, Jesus didn't shrink back. The Bible says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and didn't shrink back. What was that joy? You. You watching me right now. You listening to me right now. You are his joy. You being in relationship with the Father. There is no other way to the Father than through the Son, Jesus Christ. So let's just pray a prayer. And I'm going to pray this prayer and just listen to me. And as you listen to this, if you're in agreement with it, when I get to the end of a prayer, just say amen. And I'm going to tell you what you can do and how we can help you on your journey. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are real. I know that you're real. And that you want a relationship with me. I know that you have a plan and a purpose. But I also acknowledge that sin has got in the way of that. But God, I believe today that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. To be sin for me. And so that through my faith in him, I can become a brand new person. I can have this new life. And I may not understand everything overnight, but today I say yes to making a decision to follow you, Jesus. I, I want to spend the rest of my days following you. Amen. Maybe you prayed that prayer for the first time. Maybe you've been away from God and you want to come back into relationship with him. Then here's what I want you to do. I want you to simply go to family.church forward slash respond and you'll see ways that you can connect with us. Finally, as we end this morning's broadcast, I want to just... Very quickly, pray a prayer. Now, don't rush off because we've got to the end of the, 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 the stream. You know, don't head off to turn on the oven. Just, just give me a couple more moments, please, as I pray for you wherever you are right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would minister to people, that where their lives have been shrinking, where they've taken 
14 steps back, you would encourage them to take 15 steps forward right now. Holy Spirit, you would empower people that we would be able to make a choice. I'm not going to shrink back anymore. I'm going to believe big because I know that you are who you say you are, God. I'm going to speak big, enough of negative talk. I'm going to begin to speak big, knowing that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And I'm going to live big. I'm going to live a life beyond myself. Heavenly Father, I pray that as people say that today, that you would minister to them. You would give them the courage to believe again. You would give them the courage to to declare again. You would give them the courage to live big again. That for those who are weary and downtrodden and have been beaten up by this year, that they would rise up with wings like eagles. They would run and not grow weary. They would walk and not faint because you are going to give them supernatural strength as they step into this new week. In your precious name we pray, Jesus. Amen. I pray that's been an encouragement to you. Have a great week, Family Church, and we'll be back here next Sunday morning for more online church.